0: One of my big ones is I'll be honest with you is uh Quadratech yeah, good videos when, whenever you do a google search so they're the first ones that pop up. I love their videos does a great job. he doesn't talk down, he doesn't speed through stuff it's just very it's very good videos now the converse to that is I watch their videos then I go for to Northridge and I buy the stuff there because of pricing but um I gotta tell you I, I plug to uh, I, li- I like Larry's videos as well.
1: Hi, I'm Tony, and welcome to all of you new listeners and, of course, our regulars. Welcome to the Jeep Talk Show Roundtable. I'm your host, and I'm excited to have you here for this special gathering of passionate Jeep enthusiasts. On tonight's episode, we'll be asking you, have you done Jeep Damboree USA? And if so, would you do it again? If you could take your Jeep anywhere outside the U.S. to wheel, where would it be? Who is your go-to YouTube certified mechanic for upgrades, repairs, and maintenance issues? Oh, and what is your favorite TV show, Jeep? You know that last one. Uh, we never seem to get to the last, the last question there. So uh, hopefully we'll uh, be able to make it. But I think a, a good conversation is always more important than getting through the questions.
2: Are you ready?
3: It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony,
4: Josh, Wendy, and Chuck.
1: You know whether you're a diehard Jeep enthusiast or just starting to explore the world of off roading, we're thrilled to have you as part of this discussion. So buckle up and get ready for an exciting and informa- informative conversation about all things Jeep. Please consider joining the discussion by being part of our weekly Zoom meeting. It's every Tuesday at seven thirty p.m. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com/contact to find out how to join. Hey, uh, so I'll tell you real quick. I'll make this very quick and hopefully painless. Have you heard about our Patreon? We are trying to get one. 100 patreon subscribers all you have to do is go to that same spot jeeptalkshow.com contact and you will see that for as little as five dollars you can get supported starting the show you love the Jeep Talk Show. Oh, and by the way, uh, speaking of uh, making money, uh, you can advertise on the show. Maybe you've got a business. Maybe you've a. Uh, uh, maybe you've got a, another podcast out there that you would like to get uh, the word out about your your podcast. Uh, you can sponsor uh, the Roundtable or our interview episodes or be one of three advertisers on our two weekly flagship episodes. Just give us a call. Find out how to contact us through our uh, that same place I always tell you to go, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Our rates aren't affordable, they're just damn right cheap. Also, I want to mention, uh, we're doing a little more on YouTube. Uh, I've been uh, doing interviews, and uh, for the the interviewees that are shooting me video during those uh, interviews, I've been recording that and uh, doing a little editing of those, uh, those interviews and putting them up on YouTube. And do, to through actually through some uh, uh, artificial intelligence trickery, <laughs> we uh, have uh, all kinds of great things that we can add to those YouTube videos now. Chapters, so you can jump around if you don't want to listen to the or watch the entire interview. Uh, but uh, they're they're very good. And also too, it's just the interview. So if you really enjoy the interview, uh, and not, not so much the. The part that's wrapped around it on the uh, the audio version now you can uh uh, just watch it on youtube and uh, also too it might be a good way for you to introduce other people to the jeep talk show all right so uh uh, to our roundtable meeting attendees please introduce yourself with your name and location the first time you speak tonight this helps the listener know your voice uh when you speak all right my favorite part hello zoom people
3: Howdy, howdy. Hello, howdy. Howdy.
1: <laughs> All right. Thank you to everybody that showed up here tonight. It's great to see a nice long list of names. We've got a, a couple of, uh, uh, I, th- I think most everybody is a, re- a return individual here. Wendy, have you been here on our show before?
5: No, this is actually my first one.
1: Welcome. I thought so, but I didn't want to inter- embarrass myself by welcoming, welcoming you here for the first time.
5: Well,
1: thank you very much. <laughs> All right, here we go. Have have you done a Jeep Jamboree USA, and if so, would you do it again?
4: You want me to kick it off? This is Chip from Illinois. Uh, um, sure. I've done I've done four of the jamborees and trail guided it uh, two of them, and so yes, I would definitely do it again. Bill uh, signed up to trail guide for next year and plan on doing another one. Uh, we haven't determined which one yet. The list just came out about two weeks ago of all the 2024 jamborees as well as the 2024 schedule for jeep adventure academy which is affiliated
1: did you have any problem getting signed up on those because i hear they fill up really quick
4: so yes um before i became a trail guide trail guides get a little preferential treatment so i can get signed up easier since i'm involved with the organization but um basically it's like a rock concert i mean the they're going to give you a time. So let's say December 4th at noon, you sign up to go to the Rubicon. By 12.02, it's probably going to be full. So you better be on the website ready to hit yes at noon if that's the sign up. Wow, so what a eight, wonderful eight,
1: business they, ha- they have there.
4: Well, and probably 90% of them sell out like that. There's probably 10% maybe in some of the more remote places that you might have a few days or maybe a week. Um, and then they do do a wait list, so you can go on the wait list, and there's a good chance that a lot of people, I went wait for a couple events one for one year, and they contacted me. And But the thing is, when they contact you and say there's an opening on the wait list, they've contacted everybody. So once again, you better jump on it quickly. But uh, yeah, Jeep is pretty good um, as far as getting booked up. Um, that's why when people talk about it, you know, if we're on the show and we talk about it next spring, that somebody wants to do one next summer, you might be able to get into one if there was a cancellation by somebody, or if it was one of the more remote ones, but the real popular ones, Moab, Rubicon, all those just, they sell out quick. This year, they also added some other international ones. They're going over to, uh, Iceland four different times and doing some snow wheeling. Um, I haven't seen any of the prices on that yet, but I'm sure that's not going to be cheap. But they're doing some other international ones, um, so they're 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 changing their schedule around but from what it has been the last few years.
1: Is uh, is Pierce usually there, or is uh, i he not uh, normally at those
4: events? So Pierce comes to the special ones. Um, I, so I've never done the Moab Jamboree or the Rubicon Jamboree. Pierce has. It's an organization, it's a business. It's an organization. So they've got people that represent the Jeep Jamboree at every event. Of course. Usually it's two or three people that are there from Jamboree. And then they have the local, a local person that's called the local coordinator for that show. And then he arranges all the trail guides. And so typically you might have eight groups with, so there'd be maybe 24 trail guides that are lined up locally. Most of them are local that know the trails. Um, but the coordinator is usually fairly local, and then someone from Jamboree comes. Pierce, I've only met Pierce once in person. He came to the 10th anniversary at the Badlands in Indiana.
3: Yeah,
1: I was just curious. I didn't know if he if he made it out to all of them or not. I've never been to uh, one of the events, and uh, I've I've spoken to him a couple of times here on the show. I never met him mm-hmm. in person, but uh, right. wasn't sure uh, how how much he got out there on on those things. So, uh,
3: yeah, just curious. Rick from Arkansas, quick question, Chip. Is uh, the Jeepers Jamboree there on the Rubicon, is that, is that part of the same Jamboree program? Not at all.
4: Not, at, Not all. at all. So the Jeep Jamboree USA is the organization that does Jeep Jamboree that everybody thinks about for the most part, nationally. Jeepers Jamboree is only in the Rubicon, and I don't even know. I'd have to go back and look. They, they both argue back and forth. They started up about the same time, but Jeepers that's- Jamboree claims to be the original. Jeepers Jamboree is something that's always – they've got two weeks of that, right? They do a one-week, I think, that's a more family-oriented run, and then they do another week on another trip that is more of an adult-oriented run. But it's a little bit – it's different but similar, but totally different organization.
1: Yeah, it's enough to confuse me. Uh, you, you, you've you done both, uh, Chip. Which one do you like better?
4: I have not done the Jeepers Jamboree. Oh, I thought you had. No, that was the one that Chuck had signed up for. My nephew did it, but we couldn't get it worked in. So I haven't done the Jeepers. I've met them. Um, they had a booth. It might have been at Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion. No, they had his booth out at uh, EJS. I just we saw him. I saw him in April when we were out there. Oh, okay. So I stopped in their booth. They were one of the booths inside at Moab. And I sat and visited with them for quite a while. Really nice guys. I, I think it'd be a great trip. Uh, just don't know a whole lot about it. Um, but everything they described, it was something I'd want to do. Yeah, the
3: the videos and stuff, I've seen it. Like it's like a good time.
4: Well, the best part about doing either Jeepers Jamboree or Jeep Jamboree USA, especially with all the locations, so if you want to go somewhere else other than Rubicon, um, Jeep Jamboree USA, but is it the support group that's there, right? I mean, it it's, if you could go to a park, if it's in a park, you could go to a park and just pay the daily fee and hopefully have a group of friends you can go with, but Just like when you do the Jeep talk show, uh, Tony, the the outings, we're not going to leave somebody stranded on a trail. um, And so, if somebody breaks or anything, they're going to make sure you get off the trail, probably help you repair the Jeep that night and get you back on the trail the next day. Um, So, there's just a lot of support. And and there's a lot of pre-work too, where they know the trails, they know the obstacles. And then when you sign up, they break the Jeeps into different groups. So, you have more of a, a beginner or entry level all the way up to extreme where guys might be on 40s and Dana 60s. And and so you sign the, you inspect the vehicle to see what it's capable of. You also talk to the owner or the driver to find out their level of experience and try to find a balance there where they're not on a trail that is above the, the ability of their vehicle or their experience.
1: Right. But yes. yeah, yeah, we got, speaking of the, the Jeep Talk Show Texas event that we had last June, uh, we got lucky. Uh, Todd from uh, offroading101.com uh, came out, and he actually, we actually had three groups that year, and Todd was uh, leading the, the more advanced group. Uh, and, uh, so that was kind of cool that, uh, that Todd was there. And, uh, of course he had his, his folks, uh, out there, the trainers that work with him. So they were, they were taking people on the advanced, more advanced trails at Hidden Falls and, uh, helping them through them. But it, so it was kind of getting like a off-roading one-on-one, uh, free, co- free course, uh, when they, people came to the event. So that was really neat. Anybody this else was, done the, uh, the Jeep Jamboree? Yeah,
5: this is Wendy from Kansas. And I actually did one of the add-ons that they added last year uh, at S'more, Southern Missouri Off-Road Ranch. The pirate one? And Pierce was actually at that one. Cool. What's that?
4: It was, a, was it that the pirate Jeep? It,
5: yes. Yeah. It was.
1: Yeah. Everybody got a parrot. <laughs> 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 yeah, I've heard some, uh, some fancy it things was, going on at those places. It was a
5: experience for me. How so? Yeah. Well, it was, first of all, it was raining and it was really cold. Like it was, I think it was late October. It might even been November. Um, So, and I remember when I came up and, you know, they, they ask you what level you want to go on. And I said, well, I normally do the medium, medium stuff, sometimes some harder trails and I'd like to do, you know, some of the harder ones today. And Mm -hmm. that was Mm -hmm. And then people weren't really gathered around except to huddle for warmth <laughs> and so, and with all the rain, so then when it came time to get in, they had all the different colors up so you knew which line to get into and I pulled up to my line, and I noticed it's these like super built like I've got thirty sevens and a three and a half inch game changer, you know i I wheel, but these were like the big boys, forties and just completely built and I know that part because I wheel it quite often and it was raining so it's really muddy which makes it a lot worse and I looked at him I said um isn't this the extreme group and they're like yeah I'm like no no that's not that's that's not where I want it to be I uh, need to step that down a couple there boys (laughs) so and as we were going through the trail doing ours which the one I got into was exactly where I wanted to be. Yeah. We went by the extreme group; three of them were over on their sides, and I was yeah. like, yep, I'm "Glad I didn't go in that." Yeah. Yeah. it was so bad. The, they were just <laughs> tired we started, and
4: resting. There, yeah, I was resting. So,
5: yeah, so two of them were gladiators.
4: That that would be an, a, a suggestion that I give to anybody when they sign up. I do the beginner group. We do ninety percent of the trails that. Everybody else does. It's just we don't do on the one we don't go on the ones that you're likely to flip over or break an axle or some sort of those things. The moderate groups step it up a little bit, but when you go to the extreme group, those guys that that group usually isn't happy until somebody breaks something.
5: Yeah, and, and I'm not really sure how I got into that, that group. That was what was kind of weird. And well, there really wasn't any description given as to how they rate their groups.
4: And I, I did submit that as a suggestion. Yeah, so Je- Jeff's the coordinator there. He, he, it's hard because you'll get in with a group and they'll look at your vehicle and 37s, 40s, you, you, Your your Jeep would have been capable probably if you want to pound it. But the jamboree goes from being really easy to being more moderate to the extreme group. And most of the time, those extreme group guys are they want to they wanna meet everybody's expectation. And so when you've got an extreme Jeep and you want to do extreme driving, they'll take you out. And usually that group's smaller and they're going to have some pretty built-up rigs. No buggies or anything like that, but it's still a Jeep, but it's it can be pretty extreme. Um, but the problem you get into is somebody just put on 35s or 37s, they lifted their Jeep three or four inches, they may have a Rubicon so they got lockers, and they're like, well, my Jeep's capable. And then but maybe they've only been off-road twice, but they want to go to the above moderate level. And you like, I'm, I'm sitting there going, guys, you do the moderate. You'll be happier than if you go way beyond that. Because- well, you,
1: you have to get some time under the belt there and, and get a good feel for what you're doing. Yeah, but there's going to be those people. I understand why they would have the extreme group uh, because they, there are going to be people that aren't going to be happy uh, going out and doing the the moderate trails. They've done that a lot of that already, and they want a lot something that's more challenging. So, yeah, I oh, mean, I totally uh,
5: agree
1: yeah, so uh, but, but you're right they they need to make sure that the the vetting process the the questions are are not only asked but listened to what the what the responses are so they can make sure they get people in the right group. you would uh just I would hate breaking something because I was put in the put in the wrong group
4: you can they're right. pretty so, they'll move you like they moved Wendy, they'll move you if you're nervous that day, or if you do that day on day one you and you're in over your head a little bit. They'll move you down or the other way if you're in a moderate group and you want a more aggressive. They'll move you up. Oftentimes they'll try to accommodate that.
1: And you have yeah, to make sure that you're them confident them enough out. to say no. I'm not doing this. Uh, you you have the ability to say no. You don't want to. Uh, I feel like you're in a in a situation where you have to do it. You, you should go with what you feel comfortable doing.
5: Right, which so is this, exactly what I did, and I was glad I did it.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is this is Roger from Wisconsin, Chip. i was just kind of curious. I mean, if a guy was wanting to push himself wouldn't that be the the best time to do it though i mean because you're looking at you know trail guides that know the area you know you're looking at experienced trail trail guides i mean if you're gonna if you are gonna attempt to push yourself that i would think that would be a good time to try it
4: usually you're usually that's correct mm-hmm.
5: but i will tell I mean, you that our trail guides were not from that area they were from illinois <laughs> and had never been to the park
4: oh no <laughs> Well, That's why I
5: said it was just
3: Flatlanders.
4: Um, a- uh, no, yeah. so, so the guys that were down there were probably the same guys that were up at ours in the extreme group. They when you get to the extreme level, if you go to the hardest, most difficult level, oftentimes those guys expect you've had enough seat time
6: mm-hmm. and
4: experience that they're not spotting you through as much as you'd think they would because they're, you know, you're you're watching the jeep in front of you and see what they do, but they think you've already got enough experience if you're in the extreme group that you can pick your own lines based on your own experience on what your vehicle's capable of. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can get into trouble by overestimating your vehicle or your skills and signing up for a too advanced group. And I try to caution people on that all the time, and and usually everybody listens. Um, yeah, I, It is what it is, right? now, Sorry, I, are you now I haven't been all the, to all the i
1: haven't been to all the trails but i would assume that there's always a bypass available so if you find not yourself always.
7: Not, not always no no
1: can you can no. you get into a situation not where a you have to back up
7: <laughs> yes
4: yes it's potential, you could have to turn around and go back out it they're they'll probably end up winching you up the obstacle gotcha. i mean it's it's like it's it's so it's not as spread out. I haven't been to your, your Texas event, but I've watched some of the videos and seen some of the footage, and there's there's a lot of bypasses. Yes. There's some bypasses, but I would guess that over 50% of the time, there's no bypass to the obstacle. When you're on these trails in the woods like they are, there's, there's there may not be a bypass. You're going to either have to do the obstacle, get winched or strapped up and over it, and usually it's not that treacherous. It's just a, st- a waterfall or a stair step or a series of rocks that your Jeep isn't capable of getting through for whatever reason. Right.
7: And a lot of times though, it's also, I mean, it's like we've been saying our Jeeps, Jeeps tend to be more capable than the drivers half the time. So I, you know, I was just having this conversation with one of my admins that I will take her on blue trails. All she wants. I'll take you on black trails, just because your Jeep is capable does not mean that the driver is capable. I know that even with being behind the seat and wheeling, you know, up until I moved out here a year ago, I was wheeling four days a month, you know, and commuting back and forth from Long Island. My Jeep is still way more capable than I am. You know, Wendy had taught me the term gas it and smash it, right? Is that one? Is that one? one? Gas and smash it. Gas and smash <laughs> it. And so for me... I'm not good at that. I am a very, you know, I've learned to wheel with finesse through uh, Northeast Off-Road Adventures. They taught you don't spin your wheels, you know, and I have a lighter touch on it. So part of my thing for not doing blacks as often is that, you know, it's that I'm not comfortable. So I will do greens and go overlanding and do some blues all day long, but also with girls play off road, you know, we start people as newbies and I gradually bring them up as they're comfortable. You know, when you wheel with someone enough times, you know, when you're ready to where you can push them. But as as someone who's guiding regularly, you know, there are I've had people come out. Oh, let's go do blacks. I put them on a blue. You need a spotter. I am not taking you on a black, you know, it's, People think that they could do a lot, a lot of people think that they could do a lot more than they're capable of. And that's for me as a, as a guide and a spotter, yeah, that's really not fun. And for them, it's, it's not really that much fun. So, um, it's, it's, and I think Chip will agree as a guide, it's kind of important. And Wendy will, you know, I know Wendy's big on this is it's so important to evaluate who's in your group. You know, and have those conversations, let take a look, tell me about your Jeep. More importantly, tell me about your seat time, you know, because those guys that do have those built Jeeps, oh, I could do Blacks, so I just did t- one tons in 40s. That's great. You don't know how to wheel, you don't know how to hit a rock the right way. You've now screwed up everyone's entire day.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, once, once you start going and you're at a 20-degree off-camber or, or more, and I remember out there on uh, Hell's Revenge, uh, Bill and I were, were, were talking, uh, looking at our dashes and seeing what our, our down angle was. I could have sworn that coming down off of some of those things on Metal, uh, not Metal master on the Hell's Revenge, uh, that uh, I was at a 90-degree angle because all I was looking at was ground. I saw the, the, the lights on my front bumper on the hoop, and I saw the ground and uh, looking at the dash what was it bill 30 i think you got 30 30 percent angle down i think i hit 29 with the gladiator so it wasn't anywhere close to what it felt like and and that is part of the learning experience is getting out there and just getting used to the feel because it's just wildly different than uh, driving on the road uh as it should be
6: if you never make yourself a little uncomfortable you'll never get better exactly but I think your estimate of uh half the people not understanding the capabilities of their jeeps—that's probably a very conservative estimate. Oh, I'd yes. probably say it's way higher than that. I agree. Because <clears throat> yeah. how how many people do you know tell other people that just buy jeeps? Oh, you you need to take it and you need to put you know a four inch lift on it and throw some thirty thir- throw some thirty sevens on it. And blah 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 blah. And you, they fall down this mod cascade black hole that they they've never even drove the jeep on a dirt road they take it from the dealership to the shop and there's a reason why this guy in dallas has a backyard full of jeep stock wheels and tire takeoffs you can buy for 300 dollars a set
1: yeah it's it's definitely it's yeah, it's definitely fun <laughs> it's definitely fun putting stuff on the jeep but yeah uh i mean uh, we've heard uh greg henderson from uh, uh unofficial use only talk about it several times uh, that uh, jeeps right off the showroom floor. And we're talking Wranglers and, and Gladiators. I don't want people thinking that, uh, you know, the the new Cherokee and the Renegades, what we're talking about, because I think that those may be uh, uh, capable on the trail to a degree, but not the same as uh, the Wranglers and the, uh, the Gladiators are.
5: This is Wendy again. Um, one of the things I tell my newbie group when it's their first time out and they'll ask me at the end of the weekend, you know, hey, I want to build this up. What kind of lift should I get? What kind of this should I get? And I tell them, do yourself a favor and keep it stock for your first year and learn how to technically wheel. And then when you get the bigger stuff put on your Jeep, it's going to be even easier. What do you so think about at least understand?
1: What do you think about those folks that have the uh, Rubicons? Do you tell them not to use the lockers uh, just to get a a good feel of how their Jeep uh, wheels without the lockers?
5: I I actually do. I tell them to try each obstacle without the lockers. And if they can't make it, then engage them. But then they will see the difference in Mm -hmm. what the vehicle's options are doing for them versus what they're doing right so it helps them understand their capabilities versus their jeeps capabilities if that makes sense
1: no it does very good i I mean that's the way i've i've only ever had one locker and that's exactly what i did with it was uh try the obstacle and uh if it it is if it won't go or if it will go but i don't want to give it uh, all that uh, all the skinny pedal like uh uh, what Jamie was talking about uh, is just uh, the
5: gas and smash it. Yeah. yeah,
1: just put, t- t- turn on the locker. And but besides that, I wanted to
3: play with the locker. I had a new locker, so. <laughs> but it's
1: neat.
2: You it's really neat having those tools. It,
3: I think. Uh, I think anytime you want to step up a level, like if you want to go see what the extreme guys are doing, I and. Mean, Go talk to him and see if you can ride along.
1: Uh, exactly, ride along. That's yeah. a great op, uh, uh, actually, and and it's not so bad when you flip over because it's not your Jeep. <laughs> 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 but they you get that you feeling. That. You you learn that that feel for it, and uh, and you don't have the sadness associated with it as long as you keep your your arms and legs inside. <laughs> well,
3: they help you help you understand. Hey, I don't think I'm ready for this for a while. <laughs> well, on
5: the other side of that is talking about. being doing the extreme stuff is to remember the weather because it plays a big factor too. Um, what was what you were capable of before in the dry weather is not going to be the same here in the Midwest when it's raining
3: mm-hmm.
1: all part of the adventure and that just makes it that this makes it really cool and you have something you can complain about and say oh I would have done much better but it was raining It's like the guys that went to uh, hot springs the last time
4: well <laughs> oh. The, the people at Hot Springs, when we checked in, they're telling me, okay, so that's a 3, but if it's raining, it's a 4. 47, yeah. And the 4s yeah. become 5s, <laughs> and the 5s, they don't even have a 6 rating, but they said 5s become 6s. So if it's raining, and those rocks are slippery, or there's more mud, it changes everything
1: Oh, sure. It yeah.
5: absolutely. absolutely does. but well,
4: that's
1: a good thing. All right, anybody else uh, been on a Jeep Jamboree that you'd like to share some information? maybe uh, Maybe you have been, and you don't want to go back. All right, good. Well, let's jump over to our next question. Uh, if you could take your Jeep anywhere outside the U.S. to wheel, where would it be? Now, we were talking about Iceland earlier, having to do with the Jeep Jamboree. Uh, I, I think Bill was actually talking about uh, wanting to go to Iceland. It was Greenland or Greenland or Iceland? I can't remember.
4: Iceland. Yeah. So, yeah, Bill, if you're interested in that, look on the Jeep Jamboree USA page. They've got some pictures. It's it's a lot of snow wheeling. Looks pretty cool. Um, I just – and I think they have Jeeps available for you to drive because, I mean, that's the other challenge, right? Oh, high.
1: God, yes. That's, that is a good point. But, I mean, how are you going to get your Jeep there?
4: <laughs> right, right. So, but that, that
3: – I try. Yeah. Well, yeah, you just bef- – you just
4: Pontoons. Yeah. I don't know. That's a great question, Tony, because there are so many places that I haven't been yet in the U.S. That's probably more practical for me to get to, to wheel. That's I not mean, the question. I, I know. <laughs> I think I'm about – like Dan, Grek, I mean, wheeling in Africa, wheeling in Australia. I mean, I don't even, I haven't even looked into the off-road courses there. But yeah, just that's a dream. Oh, in that's Africa, the off-road courses are
3: outside. <laughs> but is that wheeling or is that overlanding? Yes, I, I think it's yeah. more of the survival, like uh, yeah. wheeling. Well, you whatever, know, if, whatever, if whatever. If you read Dan's yeah,
1: books is- or you talk to him, it was a, it was a, a very fun, interesting adventure. Uh, I, You know, I, I told him, I said, you, and you, know, you guys may have heard it already from the from the interview, one of the interviews that we've done, is that, Dan, would, did you ever fl- have to flee a uh, checkpoint? And there was AK-47s going off while you were you know, running away. He goes, no. He goes, they, wasn't, they weren't like that at all. They were very friendly. And that, one of the guards actually gave me the uh, AK-47 to hold to kind of get a feel for it. <laughs> it's like, well, this isn't like it is in the movies. <laughs> it's a great weapon. It's fun to shoot.
4: Yeah.
0: Uh, Steve from Aurora, Illinois, I have to say New Zealand is probably on my bucket list. Hmm. Just some of the scenery you see from there, I, you know, they shot Lord of the Rings there, just the scenery there just, it, it, it amazes me, right? It's a beautiful country.
4: So, so the other ones outside of the U.S. that they've scheduled, there's one in France and Italy. No thanks. <laughs> Larry's just back from two weeks in France, south of France. There's one in the Azores, how do you say it, Azores? Azores? Azores. <laughs> Azores. I don't know. And then there's one in Dubai. Hmm. I think it's Sandy. I think it's Sandy.
8: <laughs> yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't appeal to me.
4: It's, it's all on
1: the beach, yeah.
8: Me, this is Pat from Central Iowa, and being from Central Iowa, I think I'd choose California as a foreign country to go
1: wheeling in the yeah. first time uh, gold mountain was unbelievable i say it every time i was just really i would say the only thing that i've ever seen and i haven't seen a bunch of places but the only thing i've seen that's better uh in a different way would be moab moab was is just uh absolutely huge i mean gold mountain i kind of got a, i could kind of wrap my head around the the size of it but it was there was a lot there but it was gorgeous absolutely gorgeous
6: Josh here in Greenville, about an hour east of Dallas. If I had to pick some place out of the country, it'd probably be Australia or New Zealand, like somebody else mentioned. Mm-hmm. And that, not necessarily to go wheel any specific spot, but just to explore both those places.
1: I'm just sitting here thinking uh, about various places around the world, and we are so lucky in America because a lot of the places that I think of uh, are are here in the United States, and uh, I'm just trying to think of stuff that is uh, just amazing. I, I guess there's probably some, uh, Was it, Nova Scotia I'm thinking about, uh, up in uh, the oh, yeah. Canadian area that uh, are, are also very pretty. Uh, I think it would be fun to, to wheel in Europe, but nothing sticks out in my mind as well, far as Tony, uh, you, remember,
0: you remember the guy that did the little green Jeep across Moab, across Utah?
1: The the toy Jeep, really. Or yeah. not? not to, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: There's there's one point he got to the video and I don't know if you saw that part where he says, "All right, all my friends in Europe are going to hate me when I show them this," and it was a sign of open wheeling because he said, "In Europe, there's absolutely
1: nothing." Oh yeah, it's like Texas. Um, but yeah. the but the people in Europe are watching him wheel. That was actually the same size vehicles they have in Europe.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Look at the size of those wheels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
6: wheels that there.
3: <laughs>
6: Fourteen. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. They got a lot more uh, restrictions and whatnot on what they can do for modifications, especially yeah. in like in like Australia. There's a reason why uh, most of their lift kits are like two inches or so because mm-hmm. that's as high as they can legally go before you have to have a, like an entire engineering check on your vehicle and signed off on it it's just a lot of extra money
1: oh i thought that it was any lift that's interesting i didn't realize they could put a two-inch lift that's uh, that's good to know and, you know and, and i've always thought that uh, new zealanders and australians are a lot like uh, east texas people uh, they uh <laughs> they're rednecks with a different kind of uh, accent and it just really surprised me that they can't do things to their vehicles because uh, they're I mean, they are very much hardcore wheelers over in Australia, and they but they just can't do all the things that we get to do.
0: Well, they're more and, hard, they're more wheelers because necessity. I mean, you go out into the central state, the central part of the country. There's nothing there but just dirt trails and roads, everywhere.
1: and snakes that will chase you chase your ass. <laughs>
3: oh yeah, everything in that country's trying to kill you. Kind of think about it; it, it kind of levels the playing fields because there's nobody out there with a the big cheater, you know, forty inches on. And stretched and all that stuff. I mean, everybody's got this basically the same equipment.
1: So it's like it, NASCAR,
3: it, is what you're saying. It, <laughs> yeah, it comes down to the skill <laughs> of the driver and restrictor plates. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that
1: sounds good. Uh, I, I don't know. There's a lot of places here in the United States that uh, that I would look to wheel before. Uh, going over there, but if I had the if I had the money, I think it'd be fun to go over there and rent a vehicle, uh, preferably a jeep, and uh, and go off road. I think uh, what is it, the South Pole, where they have uh, the penguins and the uh, uh, the station, the, the scientific stations like down there. Birdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, my luck, I'd find the thing down there though, and uh, <laughs> have a flamethrower with me, uh, not a flame thr- flamethrower from uh, Elon. All right, so this is uh, this is a good one. By the way, all these questions are from Steve-O uh, tonight, uh, and uh, we appreciate you f- uh, sending those in. If you'd like to submit some, uh, some questions for the roundtable, you can just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and uh, click the, the link there having to do with the Zoom meeting, and uh, you can uh, uh, give us one or up to four questions for a, a roundtable episode. All right. So, and Steve, you're going to have to clarify this. Uh, is it just YouTube certified mechanics or was that just a, a tongue in cheek? Here's the question. Who is your go-to YouTube certified mechanic for upgrades, repairs, or maintenance issues? So Steve, what do you mean by YouTube? Is it only YouTube or is it just a, a tongue in cheek remark?
0: Well, it's, it's videos, right? Who do you, who do you do Oh, okay. With, so
1: where do you go right? on YouTube? Who do you pay attention to on YouTube for, for these things?
0: Yeah, I guess I'll start. One of my big ones is—I'll be honest with you—is Quadratech.
1: Yep, good videos.
0: Whenever you do a Google search, so they're the first ones that pop up. I love their videos. Does a great job. He doesn't talk down. He doesn't speed through stuff. It's just very—it's very good videos. Now the converse to that is, I watch their videos, then I go over to Northridge and I buy the stuff there because of pricing. But um, I gotta tell you, I uh, I plugged. I like Larry's videos as well.
1: And you're talking, right. about, you're talking about Rob uh, at Quadratech, right? At the videos is. Yeah. The video Rob yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what do you think about the Northridge videos? I've been really uh, uh, impressed with those as well. I don't know the gentleman's name. Uh, I have not I, met him. I got to meet Rob at EJS.
0: I have seen his videos, and they're just as good. But it's, again, it's whenever you do that. Um, I'm not tuned into one, dialed into one person specifically. It's more when I do the Google search, those pop up. Now, I did watch um, Northridge something recently, and it was very good. Um, but Rob Durrell just seems to kind of corner of the market on it, right? On the new he, searches, anyway.
8: He does so many different things. He's just—he's yes. always burning out into the with new content, which you can't always get. So I—I I do. Th- this is Pat from Iowa, and I do uh, uh, when I'm going to do some upgrades. I a lot of times I'll I'll, I'll start with QuadraTech or. Northridge or Extreme Train or whomever might have the item and whatever video they may have, but then I like to go out and find just the average Joe who's actually installing that thing and yes. find all of the kind of the weak points where it's like, oh crap! If I, I if I'd have known I had needed this tool, I would have done it differently or whatever because you know that Rob or whomever they're they're going to have whatever they need to install that set up. Whereas the average person might get tripped up like the average guy I am. And uh, so I, it helps me kind of punch through some of those problems and get them done. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, also the the average
1: guy may, not, may, yeah. make, may make the same mistake that you did or, or see things exactly. the way you see it. And then he clarifies it. Oh, this is what I thought I had, what I had to work with. And it turned out it was this. And uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of had that problem when I first started working on vehicles back when I was like 16 and I was getting a Chilton manual or whatever that manual was. And you look mm-hmm. at the manual and it had, it, it didn't look exactly like what I was working at. It was like a generic look to it. So it made it more difficult to work on stuff. It was very frustrating. I just, I just started doing it on my own. Screw the book.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Pat, you meant So the one that Steve didn't mention was extreme terrain, which Pat, you mentioned, and I, They've done a lot of videos as well. But one of the other things that we haven't talked about yet is going to the manufacturer, whether it's Terraflex or pick a company and watching their videos, which they may have everything and they make it look easier than maybe it is, but there's a lot of good information there too. So typically I'll watch, if I'm going to do a mod, I may watch five or six videos. Absolutely. Starting with a QuadraTech Extreme Terrain, Northridge, then go to the manufacturer, see what they have to say, then find the average Joe hat like you're saying that's probably not going to have the right tool or have to go buy a special tool to do something.
1: Oh, and we live in a wonderful world that we have this ability to look and learn before going out there and doing it. I mean, many of us know the 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 turmoil of going out and looking at something for the first time, or maybe you did it, but it was several years ago, and now you got to do it again, and go, oh crap! Oh, that's right, I got to get this, and I got to do that, and where the hell is my ten millimeter socket? So yeah, it's. uh, And besides that, working on the jeep from uh, armchair with your coffee, uh, watching videos is a lot more preferable. To be outside sweating your ass off.
4: <laughs> I really like Bob's Bob's he, uh, work shirt that he had on when we were out at EGIS. When he had the work shirt on it said "YouTube Certified Mechanic" on the sleeve. Oh yeah,
3: yeah, he had yeah. a patch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rick, uh, Rick from Arkansas. I'm a uh, Tony Pellegrino fanboy. I'm, I love his videos and stuff. I I can't afford any of it, but I love it. <laughs>
1: There's an interview coming up with Tony that uh, he talks about that. about <laughs> He gets a little irritated about people th- saying they can't afford his stuff. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, yeah, I'm that, just saving that, up.
1: That'll be one of those uh, YouTube videos I'll be doing, by the way, because uh, we, uh, we did get a video on uh, Tony Pellegrino. And uh, uh, I actually, my first question for him was, uh, are you planning on moving out of California? And we had an interesting start of the, uh, the interview with uh, his response on that.
0: You know it's interesting too. Sometimes, like Steer Smarts, when I got their stuff up and their drag link, their tie rod, and um, track bar, they linked the videos to Bleeping Jeep. They didn't do their own videos. They partnered with some
1: with Bleeping Jeep and used his videos, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. It is interesting. Do you guys uh, uh, like the Bleeping Jeep videos? I used to watch a lot of them. I haven't seen one now in several years.
0: He's entertaining. It's he's he's uh. Yeah. He's, he's down to earth, in my opinion. You
3: mm-hmm.
0: just kind of like Honey Badger. Just, just send it. Don't give it a fuck.
3: <laughs> yeah,
8: yeah. No, I like I like bleeping Colt. I like the things he does. I kind of like his style and the way he puts it all together. Everybody has a different style, and and and. But I,
6: I like Colt. Yeah, the last one I saw was uh, apparently they're doing the Ultimate Adventure and a modified S10. Uh, and he's had two videos, I think now that are like over an hour long that kind of goes along with that whole ordeal, which ultimate adventure is one of my, that's like my favorite thing to watch every other year whenever I can finally watch it. I
1: I don't know what that is. What is ultimate adventure?
6: Uh, so, uh, back when Peterson's four wheel and off road was still around, I don't know if there's still a magazine or not. Uh, they had, I think it was every other year they had the, the ultimate adventure and it was basically a multi-state kind of adventure off-road drive. Some days they would have mostly road days, other days they'd be, they'd spend the whole day at an OHV park or something along those lines. Um, and it's just kind of continued on through the years. (laughs) Rick, Rick payway, uh, Rick payway and, um, Fred, Fred Williams. Uh, they're two of the big names in that. I don't know if Rick payways on this one or not. Gotcha. No, it's interesting, too. You mentioned the smaller guys, but, and there's some medium
0: size. But one thing I don't like are the guys you can tell are getting their shit for free. <laughs> right? Because you just know. Jealousy just pushing, or what? <laughs> well, they're just pushing an item.
1: Oh, right? I see what you you're brand, saying. Right, And it's kind of like,
0: okay. And there's a guy out there, I'm not going to name names, with them, that I just don't watch anymore for that reason. Cause I just know his shit.
6: As soon as he slams it down on the table, it's something that he got for free. Yeah, there's yeah, that's that goes outside of the off-road world, but the overlanding community is really bad with that. Yeah, some of the some good. some of the channels uh there's one guy in California, he's a retired um Navy corpsman, but his videos went from being down to earth and you know, this was stuff that everybody would do or could go pick up. Pretty much anybody if you had any kind of job at all. Nowadays it's like he's towing his $60,000 Patriot camper with his $90,000 392 uh Wrangler and it's just like a big advertisement on nearly every every one he does. Well, for there, whatever there's a
1: certain group of people that really enjoy that though, don't they? I mean, what was it uh Robin Leach, uh, lifestyles of the rich and famous? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't really care for the the the, the huge axles and the huge tires and uh, LS Swap, Hemi Swap, and all this stuff where it's just uh, uh, this huge, massive uh, $300,000 Jeep that I'll never do. Uh, but, uh, and, but there's a certain group of people that really enjoy that. Am, am I missing something here? I mean, am I wrong about that?
6: I I think I've, this came up on a, uh, Ozark Overland Adventure, one of his channels. He was at some event, and it came up, and he brought it up where he was talking about <clears> – <throat> Uh, a bunch of YouTubers getting a lot of hate over that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think my biggest issue is that with it is whenever you go from being that down to earth, every guy kind of guy, and then it turns into, oh, well, I've got all this, I've got hundreds of thousands of dollars of sponsored stuff. And you act like everybody out there can, is running around doing this stuff. <clears throat> they lose their authenticity. Just the exactly.
3: Yes.
1: Right. Uh, but I wonder if it expands their audience. I wonder if they're, I mean, y- and it's not unheard of that whenever uh, people change and they, they maybe change the show and if they are expanding their audience, they're just appealing to a different audience. I know what you're talking oh, about and I don't uh, disagree with
6: you. They, they wouldn't be getting those kind of sponsors if they didn't have either a sizable or a, grow, a largely growing uh, audience. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make the like for the people typically the people that started off on the ground floor with them whenever you know uh whenever the trail recon guy was doing like xj's and you know slightly modified jeeps and then not it didn't take long for his channel to get to where he's towing his sixty thousand dollars sponsored trailer and all this other crap Mm -hmm. that he's got well and it just turns into an advertisement Sure.
4: Yeah, it's
8: just disgusting when people do shameless stuff to try and get free things. I'm sick of it. I can't take it anymore. We could just stop that, it would be great.
1: (laughs)
5: isn't that all part of the american dream though it is (laughs)
1: absolutely is so so i want to i'll say here right here and now and i'll deny it later even if you play it back play the back the (laughs) recording i do want to get i want to get big enough so that we can have a, a mobile home type thing that we can take out to events but i want the urban assault vehicle from stripes I want that GM <laughs> I want that GM thing. Maybe a couple of pop-up turrets on it, you know? Yeah. So
6: <laughs> What you really need is the R V from from um uh damnation alley. Oh, the tri-wheels?
1: Yeah.
8: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we were in Germany, you'd have to make my bunk. <laughs> we'll slip and buy that look, look after that. Look at Chuck right
4: looking right down point. at us. Uh, how not. dare he <laughs> <laughs> So, you, but you think about the video. Who's watching all these videos? And we've talked before on the show that only what five percent of the jeeps are going off road. So people are looking at bills. <laughs> people are getting ideas. On they what just they figure right. they
1: can't afford to go off road. ship. that's a good point.
4: Uh, no, there, but I think there's people that live vicariously. Like, yes. I'm sure there's people that have watched a lot of video footage on, let's say, the Rubicon, but they 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 don't know whether they'll ever get there or not. I, it's on my bucket list. I plan to get there, but there's people that I think look at trails going. I want to see that, or the extreme stuff where they're flipping buggies and everything else. There's there's an audience for that, and there's an audience for the total overbuilt jeeps.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, this is I like think, the this is I, like the YouTube certified mechanic thing. You know, the, the, I hear a lot of scary things about the Rubicon. I would definitely want to watch videos about the Rubicon before I decided to go out there.
2: I think a big thing is uh, people like to see. The stock jeeps, knowing that they can do it, but oh, that's as a great the point. channels grow and progress, the person running the channel tends to get more money. Sponsors put more money into their build, and eventually, they end up with kind of like Lightbright as an example. When they first started, they were just in basically a stock rig, just a regular couple on YouTube. Now they're bigger than they ever could be and run an ultra four and on Netflix and all sorts of stuff. So uh, their original uh, supporters are not there anymore as much as like they were when you're thinking of like the off-road community.
3: Mm -hmm. I I, I would hate to be rich and make money on OnlyFans and
6: stuff. (laughs) But (laughs) if I could, I would. Listen uh, because I haven't been here for so long, no one knows the damn voice. I, guess.
2: I hear you, Chuck. Wait, who's that?
6: Are you? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard any profanity. Can that be Marlboro, Chuck? Barboro man. It's hey, a dime you. store cowboy.
2: <laughs> He's, He's not, not drinking I a cool Light. That, I mean,
6: stock, stock rigs out on the trail. I mean, that's where it's at.
2: That's why you see a big blow up when people first start their YouTube. They'll blow up really big. And then it'll all fade away. Even, like, right now, I'm sure Matt's off-road recovery, his viewership probably really isn't there like it was two years ago when it was just the banana pulling out RVs. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. Well, I'm an, I think, I'm an I XJ think- fan. Yeah, but he's
8: got a different audience. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't watch so. him do
1: recoveries. I'm an XJ but fan, so it was really build. cool. That was the thing that pulled me in. Was he was doing all this stuff with an XJ? I mean, he did yeah. a lot of modifications to yeah. it. But I, I mean, was like, "Holy crap! This guy's making money doing pulling people out of uh, really difficult stuff with an XJ. This is wild. He's not
2: doing and that
8: supplying anymore." Supplying the mail along the way. I <laughs> liked
2: watching him back then because it was more of like your everyday recovery. Where, I, at the same time, when I first started watching Matt, I watched a guy, Hills Auto Body and Towing. I think he's out in, like, Oregon or somewhere. Somewhere where people drive out on the beach all the time. So he's got a big setup, uh, wrecker rig just to go out on the beach and pull people out of the, of the wash, of the shoreline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matt's,
3: Matt's awful recovery, Bob. My 67-year-old mom doesn't miss an episode.
6: <laughs> I think I think that as the channel changes their their viewership probably changes like a bunch of us sure. who were in on the ground floor on these channels who enjoyed them for what they were everyday people doing this stuff probably either very rarely watch or don't watch at all anymore there's a bunch of channels that I don't subscribe to anymore but every once in a while I'll catch one of their videos but yeah I think that their, their viewership their viewer base probably morphs to other people over time.
2: Okay. I got to like tell that, you, I, the one impressed that impressed the hell. diesel guy, he went from blowing up chip box Chevys to Lamborghinis and Ferraris. People don't stand to watch him anymore because so much money blown away.
0: The one guy impressed me was that Tomater when he went out to, uh, what was that? Um, yeah. Hole. Well,
5: that's Rory in Moab. I love watching him.
0: Where he, that uh Gladiator blew off his, uh, ball joints on the 40-inch tire and then slid back down the hole.
1: Oh, yes. I I saw uh, – it wasn't Matt's off-road cover, a Fab Ratch or something? Oh, was that who it was? Okay. It was coming out of one of the hot tubs. I really enjoyed seeing that. I wanted to find out what what happened, what caused that thing to come off. I was surprised to see that thing come off the ball joints like that or the ball joints actually pull out. That was amazing. It was a blue one,
0: right? Yeah, it was a blue gladiator. The Mm -hmm. fact that he went down in the hole, rappelled down there,
1: Oh yeah, that's hey, cool. He
0: passed me the you know the ball joint kit and, and heard it down in the bottom of the hot tub. I'm that sitting was there. Impressive shit.
1: Yeah, I'm sitting he there is. nervous about the you know because all they have that thing they have the 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 wrecker that's lifting it up so he can work yes. on it. And at one point where he he looks back at towards the back of the gladiator and says, "Hey, quit shaking the truck. I'm underneath it." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was glad to see that he's just as concerned about that stuff as I am, even though he's done a lot more of it.
0: <laughs> but that's some serious credibility right there. Right? Oh yeah. That, I can't
1: believe they drove the damn thing out of there. I mean, I know it was it was towed, but they drove it out, and it was really well, he, neat.
0: They said he had three wheel drive, and some of it he just couldn't. He just couldn't get over. It. He was driving sure. it, and only towed when needed. Yeah, they strapped him
1: right. Yeah, that was that was re- a real interesting video. I saw that and actually shared it up on Instagram. I think I saw it on the Tac and shared it on Instagram, and I was really happy that that video popped up because I was very curious about what broke. And uh, it was amazing to me that they didn't do anything uh, other than just put it back together. And then, uh, I mean, the, the axle, uh, uh, the the, uh, the U-joint uh, broke, so they had to take that part out of there. I guess they took the axle out. Uh, but uh, it was really neat. It was cool watching that trail repair.
2: You saw the video of it breaking, didn't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, bouncy, bouncy. Yeah. <laughs>
5: One of the cool things I like about Rory and Tomater is I actually got to spend a couple of days out there with him at his shop, and he's got a young daughter, and he's teaching her every bit of what he does, and she's going to take over for him when he's ready to be done.
1: Now, is he associated with Matt's uh, off-road recovery at all? With his friends, I think. Okay. But it yeah, seems like friends. I've seen them in, in uh, together or something in the videos. I thought they might be like Fab uh, what was it fab Rats or whatever, but- uh, Are they-
2: Matt has done, I think he's really put a lot of effort into like building a community out of the recovery mm-hmm. YouTube channels, mm-hmm. right? like Rory, BSF Recovery, and even, uh, uh, who's the guy that rebuilt, did all the body work? Robbie Layton. Oh. Robbie right, Layton, yep. Yeah, get all those YouTube channels and really shine a light on the smaller YouTube channels too. But yeah, like that, that's program. very
1: honorable. That's a very honorable thing that he does too. And, uh, but uh, it, it's nice. I, and I like that idea. I would like for us to get big enough where, of, I've told several people, including uh, Chuck, that what I want to do is if you guys get the reference, uh, uh, Oprah uh, used to have this book program or something on television and she'd bring an author on and she'd make the author just simply by having having the author on the show. I want to be able to do that for small companies and other people that uh, are off-road uh, enthusiasts uh, maybe they're doing the, uh, the, the the stock vehicles but they're just interesting uh, I th- and I think this is one of the reasons why that guy that was in the toy Jeep uh, just did so well with the six episodes of him driving that toy Jeep uh, to, uh, to Moab
8: I don't want you to sell yourself short I think you do more in that space than maybe you give yourself credit for because uh, any of the interviews any of those things um, I, I know I'm immediately uh, going into those sites for those folks and looking to see how that their world applies to my world. So I, I, don't sell yourself short
1: there. Well, I really appreciate that. I, I want it to be a massive thing. I want to be able to, uh, you know, you do an interview on the Jeep Talk Show. You're going to get some some real eyeballs on your site, on your stuff. Uh, I, it's not a, it's, it's not a personal thing where I just want to be big. I just want to be able to, I, I know how tough it is to build an audience is what I'm saying. And I'd mm-hmm. like to be able to help other people build their audience. So, uh, I don't yeah. need to, I don't need to, I, never, I don't need to be huge, but
3: I, I'm I already never big heard of enough. of right until I heard your, uh, your episode where you interviewed Tony. What's that? said, I never heard of Jen Wright until your interview with him. Show Oh, really? Before, but, yeah, I'd
1: yeah. heard about Jen Wright, but it's it's one of those things where it looks like really nice, but damn, it's pricey. <laughs> yeah. Tony's a great guy. I mean, really, uh, I uh, I just got to meet him briefly uh, at EJS. There was food involved, and I had to to go eat something. Uh, but uh, super, super nice guy uh, anytime that we're I, th- I think this is going to be our this one that's coming up is our, our third interview that we've done and he genuinely wants to teach people. He wants them to understand how things work so uh, his his stuff might be pricey but he enjoys making things that are really good and do what you need to do and also too he's, uh, it's really important to him that you understand how it works.
5: The other nice thing about him is that if you talk to him about the stuff that you have on your vehicle, even if it's not gen right, he will tell you how to tweak it or Absolutely. what to do with it to make it do what you want. Absolutely.
3: He spent, yeah, Hot Springs, he spent he talked to me for about forty five minutes and walked around his Jeep and the other Jeeps there that he had and answered all kinds of questions. And I mean and he's I mean he's a busy guy. He's got a lot of stuff going on. He took a long time talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah not all those guys are like no no, yeah, no, I,
5: no i did the um inaugural nomad overland rally last year and i had talked to tony before it started and told him about it and six months later i got an email from him wanting to know if i had gotten everything i needed to compete in the rally and how would it turn out for me i thought that was pretty impressive
1: Oh, and I'll do a plug, a plug real quick here for uh, Tom Wood. Back when Tom Wood was uh, was running that instead of Sean, uh, I uh, I remembered uh, emailing uh, Tom because I was going to put an Atlas in the XJ, and I was just checking with him about drive shafts and stuff. And uh, he called me up on the phone, and then we had about a thirty or forty minute conversation, and he told me exactly what I should get. And uh, the, then I needed to, to go with a, a larger U uh, joint and another uh, a different yoke for the uh, the Chrysler eight and a quarter, and then he uh, sent me uh, the the rear drive shaft, modified the front drive shaft, all for free, and it uh, that was I mean it wasn't like it was a big Jeep talk show or anything back then. It was just him being a great guy. And uh, not only did he give me uh, the bigger drive shaft for the the back of the XJ, it was one of those uh, show drive shafts. You know, it's uh, it's all nice and polished, uh, silver and clear coated. So yeah, I mean uh, Tom Woods is uh, tops in my book. Well, as I always like to say, the show goes on, uh, even though, or actually the show, the Zoom meeting goes on, even after the show's done. We uh, we try to keep this around an hour. We don't have to keep it an hour, but, uh, you know, just trying to do things kind of a, maybe in a professional way. Uh, of course, we don't get all to all our questions, but uh, maybe we'll have uh, the, the remaining questions. We only had one question question left over what is your favorite tv show jeep it's kind of a i don't know a a cutesy question but often fun doesn't have to be a a great uh, question does it all right so coming up on our next jts interview episode marvin stammel uh, and you may have heard of him. I had not heard of it before, but I'm certainly going to be watching some of his videos now. He is a YouTuber, and uh, he does Flex Rocks and Rollovers, and he does some pretty interesting things. He and his group, and it's a professional damn deal. He's actually got a, a film crew or, or a video crew that goes out with him on these, uh, these events and does things. you got to check out uh, the, the YouTube. Let's do a search for Flex Rocks and Rollovers. That brings us to the end of another exhilarating Jeep Talk Show Roundtable episode. I want to express my deepest gratitude to our incredible panel of Jeep enthusiasts for sharing their valuable insights, experiences, and expertise with us today. Your passion for Jeeps is truly inspiring, and we're grateful for your contributions. I also wanted to extend a heartfelt thank you to our listeners who joined us on this adventure. Your support is what keeps us motivated to bring you the best Jeep content out there. Remember to subscribe to our Patreon page at jeeptalkshow.com contact and unlock exclusive perks and join our community of passionate Jeepers. Until next time, keep those Jeeps running strong, hit those trails with confidence, and remember, it's not just a vehicle, it's a way of life. This has been Tony hosting the Jeep Talk Show Roundtable episode, and we'll catch you on the next ride. Broadcasting since 2010.